invite your presence here this morning, God, that you would continue. I mean, your presence is already here, Lord, but that you would continue just to pour on us, wash over us, soak us in the sweet presence of your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you that we can just come to a place and, and you rain down upon us. Lord God, we thank you. We're so thankful. And this morning we pray that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, that you would open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today. And God, that we would walk away changed because we've encountered you and you've done something in our hearts, that you've done something in our lives, that you've done something in our families, that you've done something in our marriages. God, that you're, that you're continuing to do something in the communities around us as you change us as you give us your perspective on those that we come across every day and during the week, that we could find a way to plant a seed of your love in their lives for those that have no clue. Lord, there are people out there that have no clue. As I talked about last week, they're spiritually blind. They cannot see. But Lord, you're using us, you're using this church life fellowship to be a light, to be a beacon in the darkness, not only here in the community, but across the globe. And Father, we pray that that would only increase. And so, Father, we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much, praise team. Before I release the warrior youth, I want to read something from the daily devotional. And you can play that. that that's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Remember Saturday Night Live, Jack Hanley, and they would play that little tune and they would read. Okay, this is not Jack Hanley. Okay, but uh, many, most of the leaders are reading this daily devotional. It's called Jesus Calling by Sarah Owens. And there are a lot of good daily devotionals out there. My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers is a good one. But I thought it was really interesting. You never know what you're going to read in these things, right? You get up in the morning and you open it up. But it was so perfectly timely for today. I wanted to read this. And, and what I find is that God does that for us so many times when we just, you know, commit to reading in the morning. And we're encouraging you to read a scripture, I mean, a, a, a chapter a day in the Bible. And, and I encourage you to get a daily devotional at the beginning of the year in 2016. We're going to start off with uh, a season of fasting and prayer and uh, seeking the Lord about 2016. And I'll be talking more about that. So, but I want you to be planning now. So get filled up. Eat all the turkey this week. Get get filled up so you can join us in a fast at the first of next year. But this is what today's devotional says. It says that thankful attitude opens windows of heaven. Spiritual blessings fall freely onto you through those openings into eternity. Moreover, as you look up with a grateful heart, you get a glimpse of glory through those windows. You cannot yet live in heaven, but you can experience foretaste of your ultimate home. Such samples of heavenly fare revive your hope. Thankfulness opens you up to these experiences, which then provide further reasons to be grateful. Thus, your path becomes an upward spiral, ever increasing in gladness. <clears throat> Thankfulness is not some sort of magical formula. It is the language of love, which enables you to communicate intimately with me. And you know that our, our mission at Life Fellowship is to develop, maintain a model, what? Personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. 
And so as we come in into thanksgiving, as we enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving, it does something. It, it draws us into that communication. Let me read this line again. Thankfulness is not some sort of magical formula. It is the language of love which enables you to communicate intimately with me. A thankful mindset does not entail a denial of reality with its uh, plethora of problems. Instead, it rejoices in me, your Savior, in the midst of trials and tribulations. I am your refuge and strength, an ever-present and well-proved help in trouble. And then it says in Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And then it says in Psalm 46, 1 in the Amplified Version, it says, God is our refuge and strength mighty and impenetrable to temptation, a very present and a well-proved help in times of trouble. So thankfulness, there's something that happens when we come into his presence and we begin to praise God and thank him. So I'm about to get ahead of myself in my sermon, so I'm gonna release the warrior youth right now. You guys are welcome to go back. Oscar, thank you so much. I feel so at peace. I'm going to go take a nap right now. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for joining us this morning. And are you loving this cold weather, this cool weather? Kind of, yeah. No? Okay. Well, it'll be hot again soon, so don't worry about it. Yeah, that's it. But thank you so much for joining us. We're continuing in this series, Alone with God. And this series has been about not just getting alone with God, but spending quality, quiet time with him. And this morning, I'm going to give you some practical tips on how to get along with God. Uh, we're going to be going to Philippians 4, 4 through 7, and also Psalm 100, 1 through 5. And my, my sermon title this morning in this series, Alone with God, is How. And it's really interesting. Um, on Monday, I got a call um, to, to see if I would... Uh, you know, do a funeral on Friday, and I use the same passage of Scripture. It's the, the amazing thing about the Word of God is that we can take His Word and we can apply it to our lives in different situations and different circumstances. And so, um, that's, I, I just think that's amazing how God's Word is alive and it ministers to us where we are. And I love this passage of scripture found in Philippians 4. And, and I know that, that it was made real to me when my dad passed away and I spoke at his funeral. And there was the peace of God that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus that I'm going to talk about this morning. But it was uncanny. It was, un, it was not logical. It was not reasonable that I would have such peace and joy even joy in the midst of the sorrow of the losing of my dad. But uh, let's go to Philippians 4, verse 4. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. Verse 5, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Now, let me give you a little background on this. Paul is not sitting on the beach somewhere with a cool drink in his hand. He's in prison. He's in chains, and he's saying, always be full of joy. 
Paul knows something here. Paul knows something that, that we need to grasp. He's saying, rejoice in the Lord always, you know? And he's not in a perfect environment. If you read a little further down in, in verse four, uh, I mean, in chapter four of Philippians in verse 10 through 13, he says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Here's what I want to really talk about in verse 11. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. And we would say, if we were in Paul's shoes at different trials and times of his life that he's gone to, we would say we're in need when we're shipwrecked on an island, when we're thrown in prison, when we're being beaten. And he's in prison not because he's done anything wrong, but because he's been preaching the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ. So he's, that's the background on what's going on there. Paul was not only a committed follower of Christ, but a mature believer too. Are you, what does your walk look like when you're going through trials and tribulations? Are you able to say, God, I thank you? Come on, man, that's some tough stuff. James 1, you know this, this scripture, count it all joy when you have trials and tribulations for the testing of your faith builds your patience. And when your patience is complete, then you are what? Complete, lacking nothing. And so as God begins to stretch us, it's not comfortable, but know that there is a purpose for it. And so Paul knows something. He says in Philippians 4.11, not that I was ever in need, for I have what? Learned how to be content with whatever I have. He's learned how to be content. So this would imply that it's not something he came knowing, but it's something that he's learned through the trials and the tribulations of life by spending time alone with God. And that's really what this series has been about, not as some religious activity, but as, as getting alone with him in that personal time, in that personal relationship, when we're hurting, when we're joyful, whatever that looks like, coming into his presence. How content are you? Is it always about getting more stuff? I've known people that have to have the latest and greatest iPhone, the latest and greatest vehicle, the latest and greatest, and they're never satisfied because there's always something coming out that's better. So what does your life look like? Are you content where you are? Are you able to thank God in the challenges and the struggles that you have? Jace has a new baby. He got four hours sleep. Was he able to thank God? He has a lot to thank the Lord about. He has a little baby, a little child. And so sometimes we have to look beyond the inconveniences of our life and the things that we're going through. And that's why it's so important to get along with God and say, God, I'm really struggling right now. Would you give me your perspective on this? Because my perspective is skewed. And I'm, I'm really messed up when I look at it through my filters. And so, Lord, I need you to take those filters off. And I need to see things as you're seeing things. I want to see what's going on here. And we know that the Holy Spirit will come and lead us and guide us into all truth and tell us of things to come. So that's why we need to spend time with him. That's why we need the presence of the Holy Spirit washing over us. I so appreciated the, the worship this morning. It was so good. It was so timely. It was so firmly fitted together with this message and what we need. We need more of him. Philippians 4.12, 
I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. Materialism was not the standard that, in which Paul lived by. I know how to live on almost nothing or with anything. He continues on. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it was, is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Paul is teachable, and he's learned the secret of the life of satisfaction. And it's not found in our circumstances or, our, or the environment that we're in. It's found in Christ. Verse 13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We've quoted that scripture numerous times. But have we considered the background that Paul is writing from? His circumstances are not great, but yet he's encouraging the Philippian church. He's saying, but listen, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. I, have, I can have this attitude and approach to life, not in my own strength, but what's the key here? In his strength, in the strength of the Lord. That is why spending time alone with God should be a priority in our life. Unless you think that I'm exempt from the things that I share on Sunday morning, let me tell you, I know it's difficult. I think it's harder now in this role as a pastor of this church to spend more quiet time with the Lord than it was before. You think, well, that's crazy. I'm not talking about where I'm spending time studying and preparing for a service. I'm, I'm not talking about praying for the needs of the congregation. I'm talking about me getting alone with God where I spend quiet time. So, and I've worked in the secular field, so I know it's difficult. I know what you go through. I know what I go through. But it is imperative that we spend time, I think, especially now in the times in which we're living. There's so much uncertainty. There's so much evil out there. There's so much craziness. And so we need to be in prayer, but we need to be seeking the Lord and asking him what he has for us. How do we navigate through those challenges? And the fourth commandment uh, says that we need to take a Sabbath. And one of the things that I was convicted of recently, a few weeks back at a pastor's conference, was that I wasn't taking a Sabbath. I wasn't taking time off to spend time with the Lord. So last Monday was my first Monday, and I spent the whole day. I didn't open my computer. I didn't check me email. I didn't do anything work-related. Not till after midnight. Okay, I did open my computer <laughs> after midnight. But technically, that was... But that was hard for me. That's a challenge. But I'm taking every Monday off. Or if I can't take a Monday off, I'm finding a day that I can take off. It's, it's got to be a priority. And so, listen, I'm just being transparent, authentic, and honest here. I know it's hard to get along with God. But we have to make it a priority in our life, and we have to schedule it. Put it on, my, on your calendar, you know, whatever it takes. Always be full. Let me read this whole passage of Scripture again in Philippians 4, 4 through 8, or 7, I think. Always be full of the joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. So Paul's saying it, and he's saying, listen, you need to get this. I'm going to tell you twice. Always be full of the Lord. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. How many times have you found yourself worrying about stuff? How many times maybe you've been offended and you find yourself in this cycle where you're, you're rehearsing and you're nursing and you're cursing and you keep going over and over and over? How many times have you had this whole conversation 
And even when, when they say that, I'm going to say this. And you have this whole thing worked out. And then come to find out, it's, it's not like that at all. Here you've spent all this time and energy and, and emotions getting yourself all worked up. And you've created this whole story in your mind. And then you find out that it's not like that at all. What if you took the time to pray instead of worrying and entrenching yourself in the story that may not even be the correct perspective? What if we said, stop, I'm going to stop right now. I'm going to pray for this person. I'm going to pray for the situation. Matthew 18 is our template when we have a conflict. It says, if you have a problem with someone, go to them. It doesn't say go to everybody else but them. It says go to them and talk to them. And then if you can't come to a resolve, take two or three other people with you and go talk to them and try to reason this thing out. And then it says, if you still can't get a resolve, take it to the leadership in the church and they have the final say. But what is the first step in it? The first step is going to that person. That's where the problem is with you or them or, or both of you. Can you imagine how many marriages would be saved if people would just do that? I know that you can get frustrated in your marriage. I know that you can get frustrated in your relationships. But it doesn't excuse us from just throwing in the towel and saying, you know what, I'm done. Maybe you need some counseling. Maybe you need some help. Maybe you need to go to the Lord in prayer and say, God, show me what's going on. I can see what's going on with them, but what's going on with me? What do you need to do in my life? What do you need to do in my heart? What am I not seeing that's part of the problem here? Humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself before that person. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. It goes on to say in verse 6, tell God what you need. Tell him what you need. Come on, God, I need some peace right now. I need some comfort. I need some money right now. Tell God what you need. You can be honest with him. And then what does it say? It says, tell God what you need and Thank him for all he's done. Tell him what you need and thank him for all he's done. Lord, I thank you for everything you've done for me. You saved me. You've forgiven me of all my sins. You're healing my marriage. You're, you're touching my child's life. You've provided for us richly. Whatever those things are, we don't have to look very far to see the blessings. I liked what Pastor Mohan said when he was here that Wednesday when he spoke. Um, one of the things, and, I, and we had this conversation during, uh, during our time when, when I was just spending time with him. And I said, I'd like for you to somehow share this on Wednesday when you speak to the congregation. But he said that he had seen people blessed, individual people blessed. He had seen families blessed. But he had never seen a nation blessed like Israel and the United States. And this guy travels all over the world. He, he's, he encounters all kinds of different uh, cultures and environments. We are blessed to live in this nation. We are all blessed. And so are we giving God thanks for everything? When we are in great need, we will make time to God. Desperate situations call for desperate measures. And when you get desperate enough, you'll fall on your knees and, and ask God for help. Hopefully, it doesn't have to come to that. We should have that kind of relationship where we're developing that prayer life. And, and I pray, I've developed a prayer life in my life where I'm praying continually through the day. You don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be a big deal. 
And I've shared numerous stories with you about that. Just in your daily life, when you're driving in your car, when you're doing mundane tasks at work, tasks at work when somebody walks by your office, walks down the hall, you can pray for them. It's important. So develop a, a culture of prayer, a lifestyle of prayer in, in our everyday life. So my first point is it must be a priority. I think I missed that point. <laughs> I do that. You know, sometimes I get so wrapped up in the scriptures and everything. Okay, so that was our first point. Uh, it must be a priority. We must take time to spend with the Lord. Because I'm telling you, if you wait for the perfect environment, you know, you know this. You know it's not going to happen. So spending time with uh, getting alone with God must be a priority. Philippians 4, 7 goes on to say, then, okay, so after all these things, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Okay, then, that word means that the things that are before that will happen after you do those things, then you will experience God's peace. So let me just recap what he said in verses four through six. Live a life of joy, okay? Be joyful, don't be con don't be looking at your circumstances, but truly be joyful, be content. Let others experience your kindness and be considerate of others. Remember the Lord is coming soon, the Lord is near. Actually, remember he's with us now through the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we have access to him now as we pray and, and we just find that quiet time alone with him. Don't worry. Don't be making up all those stories and rehearsing all those things and running those videos, those scenes in your mind. Stop it. Pull out the tape. Throw it away. Get rid of it. Okay, don't worry. Why does he tell us don't worry? Because we have a propensity to worry, don't we? I mean, many of us do. Some people, they're just worried all the time about everything. Well, stop worrying and start praying. Develop an authentic, honest relationship with the Lord. Tell him what you need. Come on. We need to be honest and real. You think he doesn't know anyway? <laughs> All right, so tell him what you need. It's okay to need him. We were created to be in relationship with him. So we have that need. Well, I'm a self-made man. I don't need help from anybody. I can, I can fix that on my own. Oh, I'm an independent woman. I don't need no man. Mm -mm, honey, I'm good on my own. And I'm not saying being independent is, is bad, but, but I'm saying that we need the Lord. We were designed and equipped to be in relationship with him. And so why would we try to fight through things on our own? Especially when you keep hitting a brick wall. Come on. We've all done it. So we need to present our requests to God. We need to bring our needs to him. We need to thank him and allow him to pour into our lives. Let's read 4-7 again. Then, once you do all these things, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. It's not reasonable. It's not logical. It's not rational. But we can experience the peace of God that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's much like us, the Lord requiring us to give the first 10% of our increase to him. And then we see the blessings that follow. When we obey that principle, he blesses us. It doesn't make sense that the 90% goes further than the 100%. But when we 
honor him and when we bless him and when we give the first 10% of our increase to him, for some reason, that 90% goes further. You know, it's not reasonable or logical, but it's God's economy. God is able to do those kinds of things. And those of you that are tithing, I know that you know what I'm talking about. It's amazing. And so as we begin to thank the Lord and come into his presence, in fact, Lee called me on Monday, this, this gentleman that they used to go to church here, and it was his brother that passed. And he said, he said, Pastor, it's been really hard. He said, I, I get these, these, I call them waves of grief. If you've ever lost a family member, you know what I'm talking about. It's like these waves wash over you and they just consume you. And then you get like a little break and, and you kind of catch your breath. And then that wave will come and you just feel so uh, grief stricken. I mean, you're, you're, you, the sorrow is just almost overwhelming. And he said, but you know, it's really kind of weird. I, I have this peace and, and I almost feel guilty about it, pastor. That even in the midst of the sorrow and the hurt and the pain, I'm still experiencing peace. And I said, Lee, don't, don't feel bad about that. That's the Lord giving you peace. And I read the scripture to him. Another version says, then, uh, you know, let me see. I get lost I, I, when I start doing these different translations. Basically, it says, you will experience the peace of God that surpasses, that goes beyond all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so regardless of what the situation is, even if there's nothing going on, there's no drama or there's no tra uh, traumatic thing happening in your life, we can be walking in that peace. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. A critical, the critical connecting point here is Christ. It's found in Christ. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things what? Through my own strength. No, through the strength of God that gives me power. And so he is the connecting point. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. As we have a relationship with Christ, as we connect to him, we experience God's peace as we live in Christ. Everything was created by him and through him and for him. Go back and read chapter uh, one in, in John, in the gospel of John. So Christ not only created peace, in him is peace. Christ is the connecting peace for peace. Okay, so how can I get along with God? It must be a priority. That's my first point. And the second point is praise leads us into his presence. I want to go back and read Philippians 4, 6 again. And it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. As we begin to thank him, there's a shift that takes place in our hearts and our lives. And I've shared with you numerous times that whenever we are in spiritual attack, whenever you're just being bombarded, one of the greatest weapons that we have is praise. Begin to praise and worship the Lord, and that thing will begin to lift. I can't tell you how many dozens of times that I've experienced that. It will be the last thing that you want to do. You'll be saying, there's no way I want to praise the Lord right now. There's no way I want to thank the Lord right now. But if you will begin to do that, you will notice that that thing will begin to lift. Why is that? Because Has the circumstance changed? Well, maybe, maybe not. 
but we have changed because we're coming into alignment with him. We're taking those things to him. That We're taking those burdens off of our back and we're giving them to him. And our focus begins to shift onto him and get our eyes off of ourselves. See, we have an eye problem so many times. I, 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 I. Come on. We need to get rid of the eye problem and say, Jesus, I'm giving you this. So when we begin to praise him, we are changed. Let's go to Psalm 100, verse 1 through 5. This, is a psalm, this psalm is a psalm of praise and thanksgiving. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Shout with joy. Shout with joy. Come on. I've seen some of you guys watching football. You get excited. We should get excited about Jesus. And I'm not talking about being weird and flaky, man. I mean, just come into that place where you're not ashamed to shout with joy. What did Paul say? Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. That's the NIV version, I think. So, but, you know, he says, be joyful. Okay, Psalm 101. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Verse 2. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing in sorrow. No. Come before him singing in joy. We have a lot to be thankful for. Listen, again, we need to get rid of the eye problem. Well, you just don't know the sorrow. Well, okay. Okay, I understand you got some challenges going on. But come into the house of the Lord and sing with joy. Psalm 103. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Verse 5. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. His faithfulness continues. His faithfulness is not based on if we mess up or if we don't mess up, it's not based on our circumstances. It's based on the commitment and the covenant that he's made with us through the blood of Christ for those who have accepted him. Let's look at, I want to go back to Philippians 4, the last part of verse 6. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. As we stop thinking about us and shift our focus to him, something happens in us. Let's go back to uh, Psalm 103. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. As we acknowledge who he is, it, it, again, it brings a shift. Wait a minute, I don't have to take on the weight of the world. I know that my God can handle this and I know that I can take those things that are a burden to me and I can lay them at his feet. We are reminded also of who we are in him. Wait, I'm his child. I'm the child of the most high God. That's the name that he speaks over me. As we talked about, I think it was last week, my name is not shame. My name is not guilt. It's child of the most high God. The one who loves me. The one who says that I am his prized possession. That I am a masterpiece that he created that he longs to have an intimate, personal relationship with me. We're reminded of who we are in him. Wait a minute. 
I'm not a pauper. I'm a child of the king. And I can walk in confidence and authority and dominion and power, not arrogance, but confidence in who I am. That will change our life when we understand that and when we begin to walk in those things, understanding that he's God. He's our father, Abba, father, daddy. Daddy is there to help us. And so daddy owns it all. Daddy, I need some help right now. And not only can he provide the material things that we need, the money and the resources, but he can provide things that our earthly dad could never provide peace, strength. And, and, you know, I mean, we could get encouragement from our dad, but not like our heavenly father. Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So as we begin to come onto the, the campus, as we begin to drive onto the property, we can begin to thank him. Lord, I thank you. For this day, I thank you for what you're going to do in my life this morning. I thank you that you're going to work through my life today as, as I greet people, as I hug people, as I give them an encouraging word, as I welcome people. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to praise you. I have my mind set to praise you. And I'm thanking you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Praising God leads us into his presence. Somebody needs to tweet that. All right, let me say it again. Praising God leads us into his presence. That's why being here and participating, being here and participating, let me say it again, being here and participating in praise and worship is important. You know, I've heard people say, oh, well, I wait till the music's done. I just go for the preaching. Man, you're missing out. It's like a cake with no icing. You want the bowl of icing. And praise and worship prepares our heart. And so that's why we're intentional about entering in. And so we can begin to prepare our heart as we enter his, his courts with thanksgiving. And, and we begin to determine that we're going to come and praise him. Praising God leads us into his presence. So my first point was it must be a priority. If you need to schedule it on your calendar, on your phone, do it. Make it a priority. Praise leads us into his presence is my second point. My third point is prayer leads us into his presence. Prayer and praise are very connected. And uh, we can begin to praise God. Sometimes uh, you can take some praise and worship music. And begin to prepare your heart, and then you can begin to spend time in prayer. Let's go to Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 37. And Jesus has just healed Peter's mother-in-law. And it, it says that he's healed many other sick people and cast out many demons and things like that. So I'm not going to go back and read all that background. You can read that later. But in verse 35, then early the next morning, he gets alone to pray. So all these things have been going on. He's, Jesus was a pretty busy guy. And it says in Mark 1, before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Verse 36. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. Verse 37. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. And I wonder what the tone of voice that was said in. Do you think it was, everyone's looking for you? Or do you think it might have been, Jesus, everyone's 
looking for you. Hello. You know, I, we don't know how it was said. I, I, I have a, a feeling of how that might have gone, but let me ask you some questions. I want you to think about this. Did Jesus have a lot of things to do? <laughs> do you have a lot of things to do? Are you developing a prayer life? Are you getting alone when you get a text, when you get an email, when you get a phone call? Are all those things crowding out spending time alone with God? Come on, it does for me, and I'm sure it does for you. We can easily get distracted because there are like 50 million things going on to distract us. But you can develop a prayer life of continual prayer throughout the day. I'm not one of those that can, can sit and pray for five hours at a time. I mean, I haven't developed that. Maybe I need to work on that. But I do pray throughout the day. And that's the important thing is that we stay connected with him, that we're spending time in prayer, spending time alone. Imagine if Jesus were walking on the earth today. Uh, Jesus, you really don't have time to pray right now. We've, we've got some other things going on. Uh, Joel Osteen has called and, and he wants you to come to Lakewood and do a Saturday night service and, and three Sunday morning services. Uh, you know, that's national TV. I mean, that, that goes around the world, Jesus, and that would be some great exposure for you. Um, oh, oh, yeah, the Pope is on the line. He's been wanting to get a hold of you. And the President of the United States has called four times. Jesus, you know, we've got some things that you need to do here. These are all good things for you. Fox wants a TV interview with you by the way, and uh, they're on their way down here right now. The hospitals have been calling Jesus. Uh, they've been saying, hey, well, listen, we'll bring everybody down from all the floors and try to pack them into the parking lot if you'll just come and pray, all right? And, uh, sir, excuse me, uh, he can pray for you later. I know you've got some needs, but we've got some important things going on right here. You can, you, you know what, when they bring the food in, Jesus, you can pray then, all right? And he'll, maybe he'll have time to pray for you. How would we be? What would we be thinking? What are we thinking now? That everything is too busy? That we have too many things going on? Mark 1.35, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. The first sermon in this series was Jesus is our greatest example. He exampled for us what we're to do. He was a busy man. Not only did he have all these things going on, but he is the savior of the world. He was gonna go to the cross and take on not just your sins or my sins or their sins, but all sin and draw everyone. He was the connecting piece for connecting all of humanity back to God for those who will receive what he's done. Jesus was intentional about making time to spend alone with the Father. And if Jesus did it, do you think we should? My final scripture is Colossians 4.2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. I don't think that means that we just go through this rote process of God is great, God is good, and we thank him for this food. I think it means spending time and really getting alone with God and sharing with him our, our needs, our desires. I think it means thanking him. We've read today where it says, tell God what you need and then what? Thank him. 
part of that is praising him and thanking him and saying, God, I, I, I want to thank you for what you've done. I want to thank you for what you're doing. And, and I want to begin to spend some time in praise with you. So how can I get along with God? It must be a priority. Praise leads us into his presence. Prayer leads us into his presence. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. You may be here this morning, and maybe you had a relationship with the Lord at one point in time, but you've walked away. Maybe you've never had a relationship, but God is beckoning you. God is calling you right now. He's speaking to your heart, maybe to rededicate your life. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. Anybody here this morning? Listen, there is no shame in that. The shame would be to walk out of this building and not receive everything that he has for you today. God loves you. And his greatest desire is to be in relationship with you. So is there anybody here in this morning? Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's just take a couple of minutes and, and spend alone with God. And let's just say, God, is there anything in my life, is there anything in my heart that you want to deal with me about this morning? Is there anything from this message that you want to say to me that I haven't received yet. Jesus should be at the center of our life. And that happens when we make Jesus a priority. And not just coming to church, but going to work on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. When we're spending time fellowshipping and having Thanksgiving dinner, it should be the center of our life for everything that we do. From 
Jesus Oh Jesus Nothing else matters Nothing in this world will do Jesus, you're the center And everything revolves around you Jesus, you From my heart to the heavens Jesus, be the center It's all about you Yes, it's all about you From my heart to the heavens Jesus, be the center It's all about you Yes, it's all about you From my heart to the heavens Jesus, be the center It's all about you Yes, it's all about you. So Jesus be the center of it all. Jesus be the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you. Jesus. It always has been about him. It should be as Christians. It's all about him. And I know we have so many things, so many things to be thankful for. So many things. I think I'm in Texas or something. We have so many things to be thankful for. And I know this Thursday, many of us will be spending time fellowshipping together. And as you do that, Remember where it all comes from. And we've, we've institu instituted a, a, just something that we do every Thanksgiving. We have communion together. And we give thanks to God. And I'd, I would encourage you to do the same. And as, as you go out this week, and many of you may be on vacation or whatever, if you haven't developed a, a lifestyle uh, and a uh, a life of, of continual prayer, begin to press into that and just look for God in all things and just thank him in all things and look for those people that need some hope and some encouragement and share the love of Christ with them. No, uh, we won't have Bible study this Wednesday, but we will the following week and uh, hope to see you back again on Sunday and happy Thanksgiving. You're such a blessing. You guys are wonderful. Go out and share that love with the people that God brings across your path. You know, it, it might be the connect, you may be the connecting point to connect them to Jesus by your life and your love and your encouragement. So go out and live it and make Jesus the center of your life. You're dismissed. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about you.